Hello and welcome to another episode of I Know I Love, the podcast where I, Kevin, talk about all of the things that I know that I love in the worlds of entertainment. So that is all things film, uh, television shows, music, and also video games. We are on episode nine this week, and um, these weeks are just flying by. Um, and we are getting back to television this week. And um, the series that I'm going to be talking about this week is one that I really, really, really love. Um, and that there's so much to talk about with it. Um, it's so different. It's so unique. And uh, yeah, let's just get right to it. So the television show I'm going to be talking about today is Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks is one of my favorite shows of all time, um, and it actually came out in 1990, um, got canceled in 1991, so it was about two seasons, and then it had a resurgence in 2017, where it had like basically a third season, like of uh, a longer episodic season. Um, and so my initial discovery of Twin Peaks was actually quite late. Um, much later than its original airing um, on television. Um, I had, as a kid, I mean, I would have been like five, six by the time the show came out. So I don't remember it being kind of around much. Um, I do remember seeing films and things like that reference something called Twin Peaks. Um, and I was like, what is that? Like, uh, there's, you know, a scene in Clueless where she says, I'm having a Twin Peaks experience. And, um, at the time when I saw that movie, I was, you know, probably 10 or 11. Um, I didn't understand the reference. And then as an adult, I was like, oh, I get it now because it totally makes sense for what she's talking about in that particular movie, which we will be talking about Clueless in another episode, for sure. So when I actually discovered Twin Peaks, um, it would have been, let me think, <laughs> 2006. Um, and the reason that I know it was 2006 is because I was in my third year of college um, and I was taking a course on, it was like some sort of film production class, like um, I think it was called like digital film or intro to, intro to digital film or some kind of videography class like that. It just kind of covered like things like editing and um, just different ways to film stuff and that kind of thing. And I had a pretty interesting professor, um, shout out to Professor McAllister, he's pretty cool. Um, and he was very um, regularly referencing different forms of pop culture in the class, like whether it was in his teachings or um, his lessons themselves, um, just overall discussion in the class. I mean, these things seem to come up quite often um, in his particular class. And I had him for a couple of the courses too. Um, but I remember being, I don't remember exactly why he showed a clip from Twin Peaks, but I remember we were talking about, uh, some form of editing and like dream sequence type of stuff. And he was like, I have to show this clip to you guys because the show's amazing. And, and I'm like, Twin Peaks, I've heard that. And like, I just don't know what it's about, what, what's going on. And so he proceeds to uh, show us this clip, um, which is a dream sequence scene in Twin Peaks. And if you're a fan of the show or have seen the series, um, you know exactly the dream sequence I'm probably talking about. I mean, there are several, but it's the one. Um, and it's in the first season of the show. And basically, it's just a um, very brief summary here uh, of the dream. So the main character um, is uh, having a dream 
about um, this very strange place. And, you know, in the dream, he's really old, what much older than he actually is on the show. Um, there's a woman that's very important sitting across from him in this chair. Um, it's got this sort of like black and white chevron floor um, throughout the room that they're in. And then there's these red curtains with like freaky crap, like flying in the background of shadows of stuff that doesn't make any sense. Um, and then there's this um, little person, a man who is wearing this red, um, like red suits, like fancy suit. It's like red. He himself has red hair and he starts speaking to the to the main character and his language is like he's basically what they did was they had the characters the the actors um talk backwards and then they replayed it forwards so it sounds really jarbled but it's still like coherent at the same time and so that's just the that's just the gist of the dream sequence just to give you an idea of how strange um the show is um and unique as well um and so I was just what I was just like, what is this? Like, I was like in a good way. I was like, I have to see this. Like, I have to understand like the background behind what is going on in the scene, because this is so different from anything I've ever seen. And this was like, you know, over 15, you know, 14 years of since the show had ended. And I was like, I've never seen anything like this before. I need to go like, see what's going on with this. So I basically rented the whole series and just watched it um, like complete. And I'm, I'm not typically like much of a binger, um, but I pretty much got through the first season very quickly, the second season as well. And I was just blown away. Like the whole time I was like, this show is so different. It's so like there's just something to the show that is utterly original um, and I just immediately fell in love with it. Um, some background summary of the show, Twin Peaks, just so listeners can kind of understand where I'm coming from. And those of you that have seen it, you can just sit back and enjoy. Um, so the series Twin Peaks is essentially about a town called Twin Peaks, a fictional town. Kind of, um, I believe it's supposed to be kind of like Northwesty, like kind of Washington State area. Um, the, the environment landscape is very mountainous, very forest driven, that sort of Northwest, um, decorative elements going on constantly. Um, there's a lot of like Native American, um, artifacts and stuff sort of thrown into certain scenes. There's an actual Native American, um, character on the show. Um, and so it's just a small town, um, you know, beautiful waterfalls and it's just a beautiful, just very vacation like um type of place um and so what happens is uh the opening scene in episode one uh, a character is uh walking around um sort of the um beaches area like by their river or lake area um and there he finds a some sort of thing wrapped in plastic it's like it looks like the shape of a person he's not really sure um, so he goes up to it and lo and behold, it is a woman, um, wrapped in plastic, dead, kind of bluish colored, like obviously has been dead for a while. Um, and he knows who she is immediately this, this older man. Um, and of course calls and, and tells the sheriff, you know, that she's dead, um, wrapped in plastic. And so from there we just start, a lot starts to be revealed. So you find out the dead, uh, the, the body of this person. So you find out that this woman is basically like the uh, neighborhood, you know, uh, 
sweetheart. She's like the, you know, homecoming queen. She is um, loved by many in the town, lots of friends, a couple enemies as we come to find out. Um, and so her name is Laura Palmer and just, you know, everyone seemed to love her. She just kind of was almost like the heartbeat of this town, so to speak. And as things are revealed, you know, you find out like not everybody's having the same reaction about her death. Like some people, of course, are distraught, like her parents and, um, or some of her friends, but then others knew of her and they, they were kind of like indifferent. And then others are just almost kind of like glad that she's dead. Um, that, you know, apparently not everybody agreed on, you know, her as a person, that she was a good person, that she was a bad person. Um, and so she seemed to have that just constant impact on everyone, like whether or not you liked her or not, um, she was a very impacting person to this, this world. Um, and so eventually in comes the main star of the series, uh, Dale Cooper, who is an FBI agent played by the amazing Kyle McLaughlin. Um, he very young, uh, at the time and probably one of the most iconic roles I think you could ever land in television if you were so lucky. Um, it's just, it's one of those, it's like the role of a lifetime. I mean, as, as little as, 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 um, short-lived as the series was, I mean, Kyle McLaughlin pretty much just like is Twin Peaks. Like he made the show, um, as his amazing performing self. And so as I was saying, um, Dale Cooper is brought into the, the case and basically put up in the, um, the lodge that they have, um, there. And he's just there to stay, to investigate the murder, interview everyone of the town and just figure out, you know, who killed Laura Palmer. So it's basically this sort of murder mystery type of series um, that um, centers around the murder of her, but also in figuring out like who who did it. But also, it's about the the characters. It's a very character driven show, um, and the the show itself was created by David Lynch. And if you've seen his work, um, he is a very um, impacting director and writer. Um, a lot of people that love him truly love him a lot of people um just are think some of his stuff it gets too weird and they can't understand it and or they they just feel like there's nothing to understand maybe um and it's it's a very like his stuff is very memorable in that way it's like and that's why i consider kind of what he does like true art like i feel like twin peaks is a true um art house type of series um and i'll get into some of like the elements about it but it's kind of like as much as it's very strange, weird, and peculiar, and things you've never seen before, so much of it is so heavy-handedly very familiar, and things that, elements that you've seen a million times before, um, there's there's all these sort of um, storylines and plots that you're like, okay, this is totally like other shows, but then juxtaposing it with the weird, surrealist nature of David Lynch. Um, so David Lynch, again, he is just a fantastic director, and um, just has this sort of vision that I can't, I, I cannot offhand think of um, directors that are that similar to him. I mean, there's some that if you like him, you might like them, but like, I mean, he is one and only David Lynch. Like, and so you have him kind of at the helm of the series, writing the episodes, directing some of it, um, pretty much guiding it um, 
along with Mark Frost, who was the co-creator of the series as well. And so that's pretty much the, the gist of the show in terms of like um, what the show is ultimately about. Um, it's very basic in that nature, but as you watch it, it's so different than other shows that have attempted to or had attempted to do the same thing. Um, so some standout components of the series, first of all, of course, is the story itself. Um, the story, I'm, I'm a sucker for murder mysteries. I love true crime podcasts. Um, I'm a huge fan of like several of them. Um, and I love like a good murder mystery film, television, whatever you got, like any kind of mystery thing where I kind of have to try to figure out what's going on. I'm usually all in, um, especially if it's done as well as it is done in Twin Peaks. Um, what sets Twin Peaks apart though, from your average sort of basic murder mystery is the, the, the world of Twin Peaks is so different. I know I keep saying that, but this show, I mean, if I were to describe Twin Peaks as somebody, it is literally like a mystery, you know, television show, but it's kind of a horror genre. It's funny. It's sad and tragic. Um, it's bizarre and strange. I mean, it, it, there's so many words to describe it. Like, I think if you asked fans of the series Twin Peaks, like what, how would you, how would you describe it? I mean, everyone's going to have a different adjective because for some people it is all of those things. For some of them, it's separate of those things. It's just like, it really encompasses like every genre within it. I mean, there are times when you're watching the show that it's like going really steady and everything and you're like okay like this is like a pretty straightforward episode and then they do like a crazy turn somewhere and then it goes like super over the top like soap opera melodramatic moment where you're like okay this is like so overacted so like overwritten and heavy-handed this particular one scene thrown into these very calm scenes like why <laughs> you know and and like and like even the music, um, the background music, which I'll talk about in a few minutes, um, even the music goes with it perfectly in that sort of melodrama way. Like the writers are completely aware, yeah, this is a melodramatic moment and we're going to just like hit you over the head with it um, because we know you've seen this a million times, but we're really going to make a melodramatic moment or when it's really sad and tragic. I mean, it's there's a lot of um, underlying emotional elements to the show that... Um, there's so many characters that like you really feel bad for them. Like, um, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, every, there's all the archetypes in this show. I mean, there's, um, you know, the heroes, the villains, you know, everything in between and, and everybody has a backstory. Um, and so when it comes to like centering everything around this, this murder of Laura Palmer, you also have to explore these other characters as well. I mean, if she's like, you know, sort of the base of the tree, everyone else is like the branches. I mean, and, and to really get the full experience of the show, I mean, you have to have these little mini experiences with all the characters individually as the episodes progress. Um, so yeah, the, the story is completely bizarre. I mean, I, I wouldn't, of course, dare to spoil any of it for you. Um, but to even try to describe it to somebody, like if somebody was like, I oh, just tell me what happens and what it's about. I mean, like and those of you that have seen the show, I mean, you know, like by the time you get to like the second season, even like the newest season, it's almost like, I, it's like trying to describe a dream to you. I mean, like it's like having the strangest dream, the most beautiful dream, the most funny, the most horrifying dream, 
the most mysterious dream all wrapped up into one experience. Like, I mean, that is exactly how it feels. And when you're done with this series, it's like waking up. You're like back to the real world and you're like, wow, like everything else is so like not as interesting as what that experience was like. Um, and so it definitely has that going for it within its story. And it, it is a great story. Um, and, and the reveal is, is totally interesting. And, um, there's, I mean, even when you find out kind of what happened with this, this supposed murder of Laura Palmer, there's so many other mysteries that are, are then revealed as the show goes on. Um, part of, I, I, I'm, I'm on, from my understanding, part of, I think what led to the show's initial, um, cancellation was the fact that I think audiences just kind of got impatient with, you know, revealing, you know, who killed Laura Palmer? How did she die? Um, and so by the time they revealed it, a lot of people felt, I felt like almost like, okay, now what? Like, where do we go from here? Um, which I feel like watching it, there's so much more to explore to this world. I mean, there's so many other mysteries other than her murder going on. Um, like, don't misunderstand. Like, it's her murder is one of the, is the biggest mystery, but it's like, there, as you watch, there are so many other things going on. Um, so yeah, but it did get it. It did sort of get like more of a completed um, storyline um, in just this the Justice Strange third season in 2017. So um, it definitely had that. And there was also um, a movie sort of like that works as it's called Twin Peaks Firewalk with Me. It sort of works as like kind of a prequel to the season one as well. So just to give you some more backstory and some things that happened as well. Um, and so that the story is one reason I know that I love it. And then also the cast in general. This has a huge cast. And I find, I, I don't know, like, I mean, I think maybe because the last show I talked about was Friday Night Lights. Apparently, I think big casts are just maybe my thing. Because I think of, there's so many shows like I have listed that I know I'm going to be talking about in, in weeks to come. And I think I'm just kind of like a huge fan of large casts. I think it's because like, it feels more real that way. It feels like, um, you know, how your own life can be where you have people that you're friends with people, your family, your, you know, coworkers, um, you know, people you meet at the store, you know, there's all these different branches of people that you come across in everyday life. And to have series that try to create that kind of environment, I think it just makes it more relatable. Um, and so that's one reason why uh, Twin Peaks works as well. Um, but the cast itself, the, the performers, the actors, all of them are amazing. All of them. Like, this is not a show where you, like, watch someone and you're like, mm, like, he could have been, that could have been somebody else, right? Like, somebody else could have played that part. Or, eh, she's all right. But, like, I mean, that totally could have been played by this actress or whatever. I mean, I swear there is not one person I could think to cast as someone else on this show. Um, it is, it's, the cast is that good. It's like... Everybody completely buys into their character. Um, I mean, of course, some characters are more minor than others, but everyone equally contributes to the show. Even the characters that are just really just a small part of the show, seemingly, um, they add so much depth to the show and so much more like character to the show. Um, like there's Lucy who um, she's like the basically like the secretary um, for like the sheriff's department and she is not a main character but she's like one of the supporting cast but like her character is so well performed and it's so like memorable and she has some of the funnier moments because um, you know her heart's always in the right place 
um, but she's not always on top of things like as, as a, a really great secretary may be, but she still does a good job at the same time. It's kind of like, it's really confusing, but I mean, without her, it's like you lose sort of like the, the, um, innocence nature of some of what the show can give. And, and I think that she adds that component to it and, and that other characters do so much other things for the show in that way as well. Um, you know, Dale Cooper, played by Kyle MacLachlan, he is central to the show because everything we're seeing through his eyes. So um, he experiences stuff with us for the first time. Um, he falls in love with the, the whole town right away. He loves the coffee. He loves the pie. He, he loves the prices of the hotels, and he thinks everything is just so wonderful. You know, he comes from the city life, and he is so realizing that maybe this is the best maybe this is where he's meant to be like and that's kind of how he looks at things um his character is very very peculiar not like your typical um like gruff like you know super brawny like type of arch type of fbi agent that we see in like all the action movies he's very clean cut like well-dressed well-versed well-educated um not to say that there's not fbi agents that are like that but like for a television show that's not usually like what um, is presented to the audience so that they kind of make him um, not like that. And he's not necessarily like a nerd either. He's just very, um, he's very much an individual into himself and he owns it. He does not apologize for the kind of person or the kind of way he acts. Like he's very self-aware, but like he just believes wholeheartedly in what he believes and presents it respectfully to those around him and also is willing to um, learn from other people as well like he comes across several people that when he's interviewing and investigating the murder especially um, that you know clearly they're not like on the same page as far as personalities but he doesn't really like come at them aggressively usually or like come at them in a way that isn't his character if that makes sense um, so yeah the casting is great I mean there's so many weird characters there's I mean like I mean, there's just, there's too many to name, but I mean, if you watch the show, it, it's like you, there's so many memorable characters. There's just too many characters to count. Um, and they all contribute in each of their own individual ways. Um, the art design and environment overall, this show is something that I still haven't seen in television before since this show, the, since the show series I've watched that came out before this show. Um, I just hadn't seen anything like this. I still haven't. Um, the 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 uh, the overall environment of sort of this foresty, mountainy place. Um, it's something we've seen, but like with Twin Peaks, it's just different. It's like more beautiful, but also more creepy at the same time. When we have scenes like um, you know the the dream sequence type of stuff that I was talking about before, and we have those like like the red room and like the the very deep red it's not just like red it's like deep red like romantic but like also creepy red um and then there's like weird stuff flying in the background and like weird shapes um the characters say things in those sequences that like doesn't really make sense to us um and like it's like puzzle pieces like it's something that you know someone like dale cooper like you know Kyle McLaughlin's character like someone like him he's supposed to learn from something from the dream but like it's hard to really understand at all what it's supposed to mean and there's characters that constantly come in and out of these sort of um this this supernatural type of world 
um, that exists simultaneously with Twin Peaks. So there you go. Um, but there's so many things going on that like, even when we find out stuff, we're still putting pieces of the puzzle together. Like, okay, so I guess that's what he meant when he said blah, blah, blah. And like, this is what she was trying to tell him and da, da, da. Um, and it's just this constant juxtaposition, like I said, between the familiar and the completely not in ever shape or form unfamiliar. Also, the um, music is something that is just, it has one of the most memorable themes. I think once you hear it, it's like you can't get it out of your head. It's one of those sort of television show themes that like you want to watch the credits. You don't want to fast forward because you the, the music is so dreamy. Um, the composer is Angelo Badalamenti, um, who has worked on other David Finch films um, as well, in addition to this show. Um, but he does like all the compositions and, and songs for the film, for this rather, for the show, I mean. Um, and it's all very like dreamy, it's very beautiful, foreboding. I mean, every scene that has one of those things going on his music fits perfectly with what is going on. Like the man really understands like, again, emotion, um, environment, and just there's certain just notes that you can play that just emote um, that feeling of being completely terrified or being completely um, in love or being completely confused about stuff. I mean, he really knows how to how to lay that kind of music out there. Some of the songs kind of even have um, a lot of what he does is more like key parts and like really twangy, um, like almost like um, Western style music, um, like something you'd hear in like a Western film. Um, there's a lot of twangy guitar, um, but there's also then like a lot of jazz um snappy fingers with jazz type of music and where you can just like smell the cigarette smoke that would probably be in that kind of club the music was playing at um it's just it really has it's like a it's like another time like the the show of course came out in 1990 and ended in 91 but like though it's 90s i mean they have cars they have phones and things like that it still feels like it could have been like in the 50s or the 60s sometimes it, it really feels like um, very retro at times. There's characters that only dress almost in retro type of clothing. And then there's other characters that are more modern. And um, then there's other characters that they wear stuff that you've probably never seen somebody wear before. Um, so it just has this sort of timelessness to it. Um, and his music, um, Angelo's music, really captures um, all of those elements of, of these things going on in this completely wondrous show. Um, so overall, what makes Twin Peaks great and why I know I love it, um, just recapping here, um, the rewatchable rewatchability rather um, factor of the show is something that like not all series have. I mean, there's definitely series that like I find myself coming back to and just revisit these people or these characters or whatever. Twin Peaks is no exception, um, but it's like when you're watching it, it's it's one of those things that you just cannot stop thinking about even though you know what's going to happen like you've seen it before like you know what this episode's going to be about or that episode's going to be about or that one that's coming up is going to be about it still feels new every single time like you're you're just complete and completely um engrossed in this world with all of these characters going along with it with Dale Cooper's character um and it's just like 
it's like going back to the dream that you had before that you really loved um, again and again. It really has that quality to it. Like when you sometimes have the same dream again that was beautiful and amazing, that's exactly what it feels like rewatching Twin Peaks. Which brings me to my next thing that I was going to discuss, which is the dreamlike experience that this show has. Um, the show has, like I said, all of these very straightforward moments. Like it has you know, standard plot lines. It has love triangles. It has like, oh, she can't be with him because of this person. Or this guy is like kind of a jerk to other people because he's all angsty and, you know, he doesn't get along with his parents. And then this guy, um, you know, is in this relationship with this girl that really loves someone else. And um, there's all these things going on that we've seen a million times before, um, a lot of the times before in just your average soap opera. Um, and it's presented here in similar fashion but like I said, it's juxtaposed with weird stuff. There's like weird conversations that happen with weird, strange, surrealist characters that we've never seen anything or heard anyone like this before. Um, so all of that is sort of juxtaposed with these more straightforward types of occurrences, which makes it so original. Like, because of course, we've all seen like kind of weird, bizarre stuff before. And then we've seen, you know, straightforward stuff before, but like putting it together and sort of marrying those two ideas and those two concepts is just something that um, is, it makes the show so different. It makes experiencing and watching it be like just an actual experience. Um, and you kind you really have to, um, it really was one of those first shows um, that sort of started the idea of having to make sure you're keeping up with the episodes you know like nowadays you know we have all these platforms netflix hulu all these sorts of stuff where you know we go oh did you see the last episode of blah blah blah? oh my gosh it was crazy like i can't believe da, da, da. and like we are constantly talking about it but most shows around that this time when this show came out and even before were simply like you know you got like your hour time slot about 45 minutes when you factor in commercials and they were shows that um like presented their content within that frame and there are tons of those shows that i will be talking about because there's a lot of shows that i know that i love from from that that are like that that are just like strictly episodic to the point where like if you miss like two or three episodes you could jump right in at any time because like not that much progress with the with the characters themselves it's more about like the situation not as much the characters this show is much different and started sort of that idea that like if you miss one episode of Twin Peaks you're going to be completely lost like the next episode I mean really you would um and anyone that I think has seen the show would probably have testified to the same experience um it really forces you to keep track of so many details um mentally that like um you're finding yourself sometimes even referencing oh that was like three episodes ago remember when he said like da 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 da, da? like and you're having to do that all kind of working in your mind the same way dale is working in his mind to sort of figure out the mystery and solve the murder and figure out what's going on with the other character situations and such so like um it definitely has that going for it so with also having that dreamlike quality um and of course above all it's just literally an experience to watch the show i mean it really is one of those unforgettable experiences i mean even if you watch the series and you're like i don't like this this is too weird for me i don't understand um it's just too out there for me um and i, I can't imagine there's not some people like that in the world um it's something that you remember like and that to me is what makes it true art like art for me is something that like has some form of emotional impact on you whether it's positive or negative 
um, or or maybe it just makes you like feel something. To me, that's like the definition of something really in the art, actually art realm. And so that is certainly what Twin Peaks has going for it overall. And that's why I know I love Twin Peaks. It is an amazing show. Um, it is definitely worth re-watching and watching. And um, if you too have watched it several before, I'm sure those of you that have watched it love it have probably seen it several times also and know what I'm talking about. And if you've not seen it, I mean, definitely go check it out. It is certainly unlike anything you've ever seen before. I can promise you that. It is very, very original and different in the best way, um, as great television is. And um, so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And until next week, thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening today. I know I love podcasts. If you like what you heard, please follow me, Kevin Craddock, on Instagram at I know I love podcasts. Here you can find current information and links to future episodes as they are produced. Thanks again for listening.